Welcome to the Bud Rebel Show. Tonight, I have a very special guest, which we're going to go over in a moment. But, as you know, the Bud Rebel Show is unlike any other podcast out there. We present unique ideas that will either make you money, lose your money, or definitely will make you think. We have ways that you can actually make money in this world. We come back with a good message, and we have some strange, unusual facts. And in the end, we tie it in with the message that gives you hope, especially in today's day. Today, my guest is someone who I have very mixed feelings about. In one way, I consider him a hero. One of the superheroes, you might say. In another way, he's a villain. At least a political villain. But in a friendly way. And so we're going to start with the hero side of him. It's always going to start positive. And the truth of the matter is that... On most of my podcasts, I interview famous actors, and celebrities, and producers, and directors. But what makes this person heroic more than anybody else in that way is during the pandemic, when things were falling apart, and people were lost. He took a heroic role in a position that was so needed in today's times, in, in those times, and we often forget. Anthony, if I'm correct, you were in charge of a supermarket, basically. Well, a department of a supermarket. And this yeah. was during the height of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And at that time, nobody really knew what was going to happen. Yeah, it was, a, it was a scary time. You know, there's all this, this brand new virus and everyone's freaking out. Everyone's panicking. It was, yeah, it was scary. I mean, you were at the beginning, I guess, I guess with masks and food. There were food shortages probably. Which I, remember, I remember toilet paper shortages. Absolutely. There was absolutely a toilet paper shortage. The aisle where the toilet paper was, was like completely empty. I mean, people were probably like panicking as they went to the store almost. Oh, absolutely. You had to deal with that. And I think if I remember correctly, when it first happened, there were separate times when the elderly people can come and young people come. They actually had changed the times so they were like worried about it. They did have elderly hours, like hours that were only for the elderly, yeah. And so nobody knew what was happening. And it was like, I mean, were you missing like people would come, you were like manager of the department. And you were probably missing people left and right also with the sickness of the virus. There was, uh, yeah, no, we had a lot of, um, there were times that I was exposed and I would have to quarantine. And this is back before we had rapid tests. So when you got tested, it took like three days to get your results. So I would have to take the test and I would have to quarantine until it was confirmed that I was negative and then I could come back to work. How did people react to you? Do you think they felt... Do you think you got more prestige during that time? Do you think people were really grateful? Or was it just like people just... How did, what's the difference in people's attitudes? Uh, I think it was the opposite. I think people were um, definitely... I mean, I, in, in, a, in a way I understand because it was a very, you know, nerve-wracking time. But uh, there were definitely people who would kind of take that out on you when they would come to the store because you were the one working in the grocery store. That was the only place they could kind of go to. And... You know, people were rude a lot. You know, I, I'll, I'll be I'll honest. Tension. Yeah, people were rude. There was a lot of tension. Um, there was, there was fights. You know, I mean, I remember even just like customers would start arguing with each other in between the aisles, and I would have to go out and defuse situations. Like it was, it was a rough time. It was definitely not. It was it actually fights. It was actually not not physical fights. altercations, but arguments. How bad did it get with the toilet paper? Did you ever see people like fighting over the last roll of toilet paper type thing? Um, I've never seen people fighting over the last roll of toilet paper, but I've had people 
demanding that they come to the back of the store because they're like, I know you're hiding all the toilet paper back there. It was like, man, if we had toilet paper, it would be on the shelf. No, you're hiding it. It was, you know, stuff like that. And so you basically, so like, I guess sometimes the worst of people, people that you don't even knew that all of a sudden you saw them. It was a lot of projecting of their anger. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And and the other employees, how was how was how did everyone get along there? It was a little difficult. I mean, how do people deal with this emotionally in terms of business? I think, um, I mean, it was definitely a stressful time for a lot of employees, and we had we had people who would, you know, there were situations where people would quit just on the spot and walk out, and you know, we're already struggling with staffing and stuff, so that it was not easy. Um, but overall, I actually think it brought me and a lot of my coworkers together because we got through that whole pandemic together. You know, like we, it, and I think I got closer to a lot of them. Wow, it's interesting yeah. with different angles and sort of different backgrounds and everyone has to come together because what do you have to do? Yeah. That's an interesting thought about that. Look, looking back on it now, I mean, is there any reflection that you could say to people, God, this happens again? <laughs> Is there anything that we learned in terms of food supplies or anything that we learned as a, as a, in that area? Um, I, I think that, I think that we, I think that if it happens again, okay. God forbid, not on wood, um, you know, I think one, we should learn to be a little more, um, caring because I think a lot of, like, like I was talking about how people who would kind of project their anger out. And that doesn't that doesn't help anybody. That doesn't make anything about the situation better. So I think, as a whole, you know, as a community, we should learn to be more understanding and caring towards one another. You know, that brings me up to a little different topic. The idea of Google. Okay. Being is it a friend or a foe? And the way I mean by that is, Google really knows everything about us. Sure. Every search that we put in. Yeah. I mean, we have like a weird search and looking like the fattest person in the world, you know, whatever. I mean, who's the sexiest man? Yeah. And we have like these things and they can either use it for us or they can use it against us. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, do you consider Google your friend or your foe? And, and I also want to say, and you're a musician. Yes, yes, actually. And, and sometimes now I'm going to get canceled for the smallest thing. Sure. Can you imagine if... Google would cancel you when you find your searches and they just took out a proportion. Um, I I like to think that I I I you know I mean I'm not saying I don't make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, but I, I like to think I live a life where I don't do anything that I can get canceled for. Um, you know, but I I mean I'm trying to think of an example. Um, what I mean is like sometimes we look things up as the spur of the moment. And just yeah. have the fun of it. And yeah. then, I mean, the idea that 20 years later that someone might find out what we search for. I, I, it sort of freaks me out after I do it, but I was still searching. So I don't care. <laughs> I, 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 I think with stuff like that, like, you know, I mean, there's, there's obviously situations where I remember Kevin Hart had tweeted something in 2009. And 10 years later, people brought it up because he said something like, oh, that's gay. And you, I mean, I, I, I'm a 2000s kid, you know, like I grew up in the 2000s and it was wrong to say gay as like an insult, you know, but people, people did that. And eventually I think most people at least realized that was wrong. That was offensive. And they moved on from that. They but, but, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Now we'll get a little heated. This is not though. Now I don't, 
I think one of the things I, I'd like to talk to you about is I really want to understand people's philosophy. I have a lot of friends that differ with me politically. Okay. And I'm so interested really where the psychology comes, where the differences come in. So first let's start with this you just brought up something about um, about gay being good or bad. When I was brought up, what you need to do is it was called Sticks and Stones would break my bones, but words would never harm me. And the toughest people were the ones that didn't quote cry or whatever. They don't get to you, you know, and see if you break. And trust me, gay was the smallest thing they call you. But and you just be strong. And now it seems like words are, are like weapons that people and, and, and I'm not gonna get it wrong, I never really want to hurt anybody myself. Mm. I would, if I knew I hurt somebody, it would stop it. But at the same time, it becomes like a censor, I'm sorry, this cracker in my throat, turn off the strength. Um, but, so, we become like a censored society where we're also sensitive to each other that we, I don't know if we're even communicating with each other. Well, let me first clarify. I don't consider gay to be an insult. I mean, I, you know, like, people have, oh, that's gay. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, there's nothing wrong with being gay. You know, who, who cares? But, um, I, like, my, my point was, like, in the 2000s. No, no, I don't think it, it doesn't. This is the show... But yeah. you can say what this is what's good about the show. You can say what you want. You know, you're not gonna be canceled from this show. No, I know. I, so, that's, and, not and, what, that's not why I'm bringing it up. But the only reason like people like okay, let's say someone was heavy. Like this is the easy one. And you say to Paul, fat shaming. You know what? I have friends that could have a heart attack and die because they're heavy. And I can't mention to them that maybe you're gaining weight. Am I cigarette shaming? If I say to someone, you know, smoking is bad for you, I don't even understand it. You know, if someone has, someone has like, a, is too thin, and is, I mean, we can't talk about it when we look. We no, I, I, I don't think you should, and I'm going to tell you why. I shouldn't. Um, because when, when somebody, there are a lot of people who struggle with body dysmorphia and stuff like that. You might not know. And you might, you might even be coming from a place of good intention where you might be saying, I'm concerned about my friend's health. But you might not know what they struggle with. They might struggle with, you know, weight issues or body dysmorphia issues, whether it's too thin, too fat, either or, and not even tell anybody. You know, can I, can I say something? When I was young, I used to say, okay, okay, okay. Okay? Okay. My brother would tease me endlessly about it. You don't hear me saying it anymore. I used to dribble. Mm. People tease me about it. I don't dribble anymore. You know, I'm not, I'm not rooting for the bully. No, but, I know you're not. But, I know but you're what I'm trying to say is that if we are so afraid to talk to each other about what we see and just ignore it, I mean, is it those people are going to get better? I don't really know how that makes life better. I don't know if we close our eyes to the world. So I think, like, okay, if you had, if I'm afraid you see a coastal on your face, and it's going to hurt, maybe that coastal is a look, maybe you want a coastal look. I don't know. We can't just have a con. If we're friends, I can't like say to you, you know what, you're getting a little weight. I think there is a better way to say it. I think I think you should you should if if you're really concerned about your friend's health, be like you know pull them to the side. Definitely don't. I think I think the big thing is one when you say it in front of other people because sure. you know I think maybe if you put your friends like hey you know if you're ever if you ever need to talk to somebody, I'm here for you. And that you don't even have to clarify. On what what it is that can go a long way. Let me just say something to you. Okay. Man. When I was a young man, two things happened to me. That's like, would you say shaming? In sixth grade, my teacher, I think I repeated this, so I hope not. Dumped. I was. They did these desks. I don't know if you had them, where they put all the stuff in your desk. 
Yeah, I used to. Yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. Big. Thirty people in class. Sixth grade. I'm fifty years old. So I'm not that bad. So never. He took my desk and he jumped in front of the whole class. The whole class. I had everybody like laughing at me. I was shamed. But I'll tell you one thing. I never had that desk full again. It taught me a lesson. It was cruel. But I worked with them. Let me give you another one, me another one example before I forget. I was in a special ed program when I was in first and second grade. I don't even know if this is shaming, but my teacher said, you know what? You could do a hell of a lot better than this. Now, I don't know if that's shaming by saying you don't belong here, but from that moment on, I pushed so hard that I graduated my magna cum laude in Bryant University. Congratulations. So, thank you. The idea is sometimes you need a little... Maybe a little bit of shit. Maybe we're so scared of it. And I think that we, that's, we're missing out of this. Point. I think there's a difference between shaming and encouraging someone to live to their best potential. I think that, I think that, I, I, understand, where you, I understand where you're coming from, but I think that, you know, saying so, hey, you're getting a little fat, you're getting a little skinny, stuff like that. I don't think that is the same, is the right way to encourage somebody to live a healthier lifestyle. You know, I, I hope you're right. I just know the obesity rate in this country is insane. We have people dying from obesity. We have people dying from diabetes from obesity. We have people that are dying of heart attacks from obesity. And I think we need to really start talking to our friends quietly and helping them get to the better health level. Okay. Honestly, and that's about caring. And this goes another topic. Because I think both of us care about people, even though your philosophy is different than mine. And so I'm just fascinated. This president we have right now, what has he done good in terms of policies for becoming man? I, I, I'm not a Joe Biden supporter. I never was. I was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Um, I don't think Joe Biden's done the best job either. Well, just one policy. Um, what's something that he did that was good? Honestly... I don't think he's done. I don't think he's done anything great. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think he's done anything great. I can tell you one thing he's done that's good. Okay. He recognized the Holocaust. That the oh sure. Turkish okay. I did. Government. No, Turkish government. That's of course. Of that's course, that's good. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I don't. To be honest right. with you, uh, yeah. No. Um, I I actually there's a lot of things he's done that I've had problems with, but I know that Trump would have done the same thing. So it's it's more so. A, what would you think Trump would have done? The same so Biden? I know that Joe Biden pushed. Um, there was a, a an issue with the railroad the railroad workers and their contract with their union, and Biden signed something into law that forced them. That they had like no sick days, nothing. You know, it was it was terrible. And yeah, Biden, Marco Rubio was very against that, by the way. Sorry, Republican. Okay, then if that's the case, you know, I'll give Marco Rubio, you know, credit for that. Um, but he signed something into into law that they were had to be basically forced to accept the contracts or lose their job, you know. And that's I think that's wrong. I appreciate that. Honestly. Yeah. But you know what? I, what's interesting about that is it is that what you just said that Trump would have done the same thing. But the idea is that Trump did not say he wasn't going to do it. Biden has pledged that he was going to be quote for the working man and working woman. I don't see it at all. I don't see being an awful working man or woman in any way. That's Personally, I don't, you know, I, I, like I said, my guy was Bernie Sanders. And Bernie was against that, that contract. So what was, if Bernie Sanders um, was president, I'm going to say God fit, and you can say God, what would, what would policies do you think would have been better in this country? Um, I think that, one, I, you know, support universal health care. I know you disagree with that. 
I think that would have been better. I think if everyone had. Let's, let's 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 start start with that one. Okay. Do you believe that big giant companies are good? No, I don't. Okay. So why would you think a all powerful big company, big healthcare system, would be good? We had this discussion last time. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so the the real problem with healthcare is the middleman. It's the insurance companies. It's all these private insurance companies that they charge you high premiums, high deductibles, co-pays, and you're all, you know you're already paying to have it. And then when you go to the doctor, you sometimes still have to pay. I mean, going to the hospital, the emergency room can be like five hundred thousand dollars. You know, even though you have insurance. You know, and the middleman, their whole thing, the whole point of the insurance company is they're lining profits for their stockholders, for their CEOs. You know, why are they profiting off of people being sick? So, I think I think the idea about how the reason what it does, mm-hmm. and if you know this part, I my I can't say Ruby, I know that cousin, I know cousin, I know people in the industry that that. Go out and extra bill things. You come to the doctor, you have a headache. They can go and they'll give you an X-ray. They'll put you through a scanner. They'll do the whole nine yards. Why? Because they want to make a lot of money. The doctors, and they're to go to the insurance. They do all that stuff. But the healthcare, or the what the insurance companies do, is make sure that you need the X-rays, that you need the tests, you need this, because not every doctor is ethical. And not, and then when the patient's worried and they're scared, they're more than happy to keep doing these things. There's no cut, there's no end. Mm-hmm. And there's no end to how much the government will pay. Because there's no like there's no reason. Have you seen government actually spend less money there? What bothers me about the government is they haven't solved anything. I would be more than happy to spend money on government spending, on like whether it's for homeless or welfare, or whatever, to really change somebody's life. Because there's nothing. I am so frustrated. Anthony, I've been here for you know, a little bit longer in this world, seeing so many homeless people in this communities, in the cities, we're spending billions of dollars. So Wait, 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 sorry to interrupt. We spent a trillion dollars, which I'm sure you thought was a good idea, on, even more, on the infrastructure bill. Right? I actually think the infrastructure bill was, uh, it was watered down. It was watered down and weakened because of Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema. Well, but, 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 but infrastructure, just infrastructure itself. And yet, this was the first time since 9-11 that all the planes stopped running one day. For no reason, there's a little problem with infrastructure. We had a railroad crossing in Pennsylvania where people died. Was that Ohio? Ohio? Pennsylvania. Um, no, you're right, Ohio. I, I changed it. He's correct. Thank you. I stand corrected. And people were just... Nothing happened that railroads are still horrible. It was another, we have the same garbage in our streets. It looks horrible. So, so why should I believe government? I don't believe in big business and I don't believe in big government. I believe the closer you get to people, the better you get things done. Does that make sense to you? So because I, I feel like you and I are angry about the same things. Yes, we are. So what what would you propose instead of um, a government funded program to fix to you know help have clean water and stuff like that? If it's not going to be big business and it's not going to be competition, 
Everything but competition. So isn't, that, isn't that business though? Well, I know. I believe it's small business. Okay. Like competition. I don't believe there should be one Google, one thing. I think everything's broken up into small pieces. So you, so you believe that we should. I, I, I believe it's small companies. Would you support antitrust laws? Oh, definitely. 100%. Okay. But isn't that government? That's government, though. Well, that's preventing business from getting too big. No, I don't believe in government. Okay. I'm wrong. I don't believe I don't believe in government. But I believe government needs to be small, tight to the people, close to the people. They get rid of it much quicker. I don't believe government should be big as a... I don't believe in big business. Would you... Uh, okay. I, have a, uh, I, uh, I had a follow-up question. No, I'm sorry. Bye. Would you support legislation that would make it illegal for these big because these billionaires right mm -hmm. and these huge corporations they donate and they donate to both parties they donate to democrats and republicans so that they can get favors once they're sure. would you support legislation that would make that illegal i don't want to make it illegal but i think they need to report it very early and very clearly to people i don't think you're going to sort of the free speech thing i don't think you could make it that that would be that would be okay. again. So I'm a little problem with that. I just I don't think everyone should have the right to. It. Maybe there's, again, there's a limit to how much you're supposed to be giving to each individual thing. Maybe there's limits to how much corporations. Maybe that's fine, but there are limits. But I don't think you yeah, because they they have just like we do. They have an interest, but it needs to be notified what they who gets what, and it should be clear. It should be more people. transparent. Exactly. Everything should be so transparent. I mean, meetings that I have are should be so transparent. I mean, the idea that we have homelessness and it's so silly. It's it's so unbelievably so silly. A person is urinating on the street. A person that's mentally ill is, is wandering the street, pushing you to the subway. We can't take a person, get them the care they need. They have to die in the street before we help them. What is that? What is that? What is if we have a border where like, everybody in this country, come, people come to this country, we don't know who the hell they are, what they're coming with, what they are. We don't know. We have no idea. But we know one thing. They're bringing fentanyl. And I know people that are dead. Literally dead because of this stupid drug that's going through a border. And I want legal immigration. I want people to come to this country legal and good people, but we have no control of what's going on. And it's, it's, it's so scary for... It, the most thing is that this administration to me doesn't hurt me. I'm all got a nice house here, whatever. It hurts my friends in the inner city. It hurts my friends who are trying to make it in this world because they don't have... The, they don't, now the police are scared to do anything because there's... This, they're, they're afraid that they're going to be, if they touch them the wrong way, they're going to be uh, in trouble, so they don't do anything in areas of I what, what has Biden done on immigration that's, that's different than Trump? He, they had a, I'm going to, because I, I don't have the exact term, but they had a state in Mexico policy. When you had a state in that country, and you would check, they would check to make sure before you allowed in this country, number one. Number two, the whole demonization of the people that protect our border and make them feel like they're a piece of crap and then and then allowing people to they go up to court and they go free. They get everybody to go right through the border. Number and the amount of people that are watching the border, all that stuff has gone down so much. And it's been the holes they've never rebuilt the walls, they've never done anything. He's put no money on that. Because Obama also Obama was much better on the on the border than, than oh, Obama. So, 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 but, so you'll give, I mean, I disagree with Obama on that, but you'll give him credit. Of course. Okay, that's fair. Because um, I do think it's important, I think a lot of people think through partisan lines. No, you shouldn't. And, yeah, you shouldn't. No. Um, I wanted to talk about my gig in Orlando. We're going to talk about okay. that soon, but what, this is going to go to what we did in Orlando. Okay. Let's just see the I'll shirt that I'm wearing right now. Just want to give yeah. credit. 
this one company called Taylor. And what they do, I just wanted to tell you what they do. And I, I really like this company. I think it's a cool idea. Because, I don't know, you, know, you got this gig in Orlando coming up, Sean. It's really exciting. Well, I, I had it, actually. Oh, it's my that's what we get. Okay, sorry. But what I'm trying to say is you have to have a certain look. Of course. But you don't have time to go out and thank blah, blah, blah. They go and they interview you. And they ask you what you want. And then they give you a list of clothes. They send it out to you. You wear it for a couple of weeks and you send it back. Your wardrobe thing doesn't get bigger. And you try to get a new out. So I just want to tell people, if you like Taylor, it's a really good company. You're going to get, you put Bud Rebel, B-U-D-R-E-B-E-L, you get 25% off. So I know a little commercially, I apologize, but they sponsored my shirt. And I really like it. <laughs> if you nice. But, yeah. So I mean, that's something that's just good. But you're talking about your yeah, Why don't you give us a little information on the King of London while I try this drink? Right. So um, I performed at Uncle Lou's Entertainment Hall in Orlando, Florida. Uh, I'm okay, actually. Thank you. Um, so it's a it's an old punk venue. It's been around since like I think like the '80s. Um, it's got like the posters all over the wall. It was, it's kind of like CBGBs. I'm sure you've heard yeah, of CBGBs. Sure, of it's kind of like that same kind of vibe. And it's all the locals in the area. They all knew it. It's like very historic and very like well-respected venue it's right. small it's a small punk venue but it's like got a lot of like heart to it and um i performed with this artist phenom f-e-n-u-m check him out um he's uh kind of like kind of does what i do kind of like pop punk emo but in like a solo artist thing and he, he was also performing on the bill with me um tons of people there it was, it was great and he liked my set so much he now asked me to be featured on one of his tracks. Oh and wow! Very so cool. I'm, I'm actually co I'm in the process of writing my own verse to one of his songs and should be out later this year. Wow! So yeah. well, we're gonna get to that soon. Yeah. About that. So, you, in terms of your now going to different topic, in terms of your music, how does it differ? Because there's so many artists out there. I mean, your hair makes you look a little crazy <laughs> now. But but what what makes you different in your unique? Um, I think one thing that helps me stand out from a lot of my peers, especially there's like the whole, you know, pop punk solo artist thing. That's like a huge thing now. I've been, I've been doing that for like seven years, you know, I've been doing it before it was trendy. But I think one thing that separates me from a lot of my peers is I play all the instruments in my, in the studio for my songs. So I play the drums, you know, bass, synth, everything. Wow. Um, so I think that's something that definitely would separate me from my peers. You know, when you perform, do you do anything different or unique or that you know people want to see in show? I jump around a lot. You jump. <laughs> <laughs> um, I jump around a lot. I uh, yeah no I I have backing tracks for my for my performances now. So it's me playing, but it's like the pre like the drums, bass, and synth and all that, and then live I just play the guitar and sing. So it's interesting, and there's so many artists. How do you market yourself to get out there to go to these things? How does that happen? If some people out there want to be musicians, how does that happen? How do you... how, um, I mean, in a way, it's it's like a blessing and curse because in a way, we have so much, we have so much access to you know the whole world. Like we can easily post something on TikTok, on Instagram, send it to millions of people. You know, you can even advertise, and it's not expensive to advertise on social media. You can pay like five, ten dollars, and they can show it to like a thousand people. Um, but I think I think the curse to it is that it becomes oversaturated at the same time. So I think, honestly, at the end of the day, you know, my, my advice to any musician is to just do, do it from the heart. Like, do it because you love what you're doing 
and don't focus so much on, I feel like it's so easy to get wrapped up on like statistics and oh, how many people viewed your post versus how many people, you know, stuff like that. And you do like, everything, you write, yeah. you write, you play the shit you say, yeah. and you actually promote your music. I do, I have, yeah. <laughs> like it's not, and this is just, it's a one person band. It's a one person operation. Do you like this person? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, um, no. If you had, a, if there, were there any mistakes as a musician, an artist that you noticed that if you could do them over again, you would do it? Like, like, like on myself? You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think, but I think it's good to make mistakes. I think it's good to make mistakes because that's how you learn. You know, when I booked my first tour, I the shows were so spread out from each other. I was driving like eight hours in between. I think there was there was one particular gig that it was like an eight hour drive in between and by the time I got to the venue I was exhausted and then you're getting on stage after you just drove eight hours and you have to perform it's a lot right and I never did that again I learned from that mistake you drive to your things too you're the transportation too wow yeah that's amazing well actually now I've gotten in the habit of um like taking the train if I could or, right you know because it's a little more relaxing right. yeah yeah, yeah. And I guess you have a, a group, a bunch of groupies that follow you out there, or no? <laughs> I have people who do come out. You know, I just, I just played in Orlando, and there was like a decent amount of people who came out for me, even though I'm not an Orlando-based artist. And so that it's nice to have that. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Now, what is your weirdest food that you've ever eaten? Weirdest food I've ever eaten. Yeah, that's a good I'm question. It's good lead into something. Um. Okay, I have to think about this. Um. It could be a combination of foods. I think bear jerky. It was actually very delicious, but it's definitely kind of weird. Bear jerky. Bear yeah. jerky would be one of the more yeah. unusual things. Okay, so we got your little rebel sides here. <laughs> Have you ever eaten duck eggs? No, but I ate duck bacon. I gotta tell you, duck eggs are amazing. Okay. Everyone out there, grab some duck eggs. Because especially now, they have a lot of problems with um, eggs. Prices. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, duck eggs is still out there. And they're really good. They're much more fluffy than regular egg. They okay. have much more flavor. And I don't know why they haven't taken off. Maybe I shouldn't talk about it because maybe we'll take off. Oh. I'll end that conversation here. One of the things also I do in the yeah. show is I talk about investments. It's been a little tough now to make money since the market's been really bad. I found a new app, though, called Fetch. Fetch allows you, on each bill that you do, you get, if you, if, I, I, keep, I forgot the movie like. You get credits, and if you have a certain amount, they give you money. Right, right. Have you know about yeah, that? Yeah, I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, I just started doing it. And then there's another one called, which you can actually make some money on, called Survey Junkie. Okay. It's, it's actually allows you to fill out surveys and make some money on just a free time. Okay. I mean, you have time to do it. It's not a bad way to make some more sure. things. I, and I found out also that a lot of these these game systems pay you to play. They pay you money to play all these games. It's pretty interesting. I guess if you guys out there look at all the different little fun ways you can make money on the side. Yeah. Like half an hour here, there. You know. I actually, have a, I actually have a friend who does that. Um, he Nintendo pays him. He does like competitive play for Smash Bros. Actually. Oh, that's another yeah. thing, right? Yeah. They, how much do they pay him? I don't know. I don't. I don't know the exact numbers, but he's, you know. He's getting paid to do something he loves. Now so. I got a little weird fact for you. Okay. You this place called Double a Muffin in San Francisco. Okay, if you flip the coin and it lands on heads, you get double muffins. 
that's cool. Look at my idea, I think it's very cute. And I also know that the Eiffel Tower, it gets larger during the summer. Really? The summer explosion, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a while. There's a pretty, pretty interesting change of that. I was going to mention also... I get larger during the winter. You do, right? <laughs> We've had a pretty mild winter. Are there, yeah. are, there, are there still shortages going on right now? People concerned about in terms of the food market? Anything going on that we should be concerned about? No, not... Oh, actually, yes. Um, baby formula. It's still going yeah. on the baby formula. The baby shortage. formula. It's not as bad as it was at first, but it's still pretty bad. I mean, we've actually had people who've had to, like, call the store and ask us, do you have this formula in stock? And we'll be, like, the 10th store that they've called. I had someone actually come out from the Bronx to my stop and shop in New City because we were the closest store that carried the only, the formula that, like, her baby needs. You know, because with babies, it's like, you have to be very specific with the type of formula you give them. You can't switch it up. I mean, during this whole thing... Of the, of the pandemic and the whole nine yards. Is there anything like an emotional story? Maybe it hurts me to try to help people out that were in bad shape. Anything you want to tell the audience? Um, not off the top of my head. I mean, how about on the terms of music? Is there any like music that you wrote because you went through a bad situation or tough events? Absolutely. Would you mind telling us about some of um, these songs? Uh, sure. I'll. I'll um, I'll talk about my song, Bonfire Song. I don't know. Yeah. Um, So I wrote that song during a breakup. Um, And I remember, like, you know, it was like the person cheated on me and then left me for the person that they cheated on me with. And I I remember how low I felt at that point in my life. And I remember blaming myself. And um, I luckily had a lot of good friends, Miles being one of them, but friends who reminded me every day, you know, this isn't your fault, even though I felt like it was. And I just remember, um, it was like right before I was about to go on a tour and I just remember having this like, this moment of like feeling lifted up, you know, like it was like, okay, you know what? You have friends by your side, you're doing what you love. And it's like, I'm gonna make the most of my life now. And it was, I wrote it because I wanted to find, I knew I was, I knew I had happiness before I met this person. And I wanted to find that happiness again, you know, without her. Like, and yeah, so yeah. that's that's why that's why I wrote the song. Yeah. And so, the, is there a lyric in that song that, that you can pull out of there and tell us about? Um. Yeah, let me think. <laughs> I just let's see. It's so weird because I wrote the song, but like when someone asks you to pull lyrics off the top of your head, you have to like you have to go through the whole thing. Um. It says, last summer when I told you when I said I loved you, I meant it from my heart, but your response was purely impulse. Yeah. yeah. There's a country song that just came out. Is there? There's a lot of country songs that came out. <laughs> but with that song, I, I, it skips my mind. It was, it's basically, when did you stop loving me? When did, when did it happen? Ah, okay. It sort of makes me feel that way, because I mean, you here, we're investing all this time, and all of a sudden it's blue, and she's like cheated on you, and I'm... Um, you start wondering when did it happen? What's it, what, like, it, what, it, what sparked it? Yeah, right, and you, yeah. You, know, you everything was huge. Coming. When did it happen? And it, it really it touched my heart. That song. It's really I love country music for the words as much as anything else. And yeah, it hurts. It's gotta hurt because it's right now. It's a different experience. But even when people steal and you have a business and you put your trust in people, you give them chances. And 
you find out that it's, it's sort of the same, in one way it's the same way. You know, you people just like betray you. And they don't, you know, the thing about that whole thing is they don't know how much it hurts what you think of other people. It takes a while to recover, because I guess in the whole while, you don't want to date anybody. You don't trust people to come back. You, you feel like you, they're going to do the same thing to you. You can't invest your heart. It takes a while to heal. Yeah, yeah and you just you feel like you feel like it can happen again. So how am I going to hurt again? So it's the same thing with you know definitely in one way, but in the same way. If you have a business feel, partner or something, and they yeah. I mean, I've gone through a lot of that in my business. Yeah. I've done a lot of people that that I trust and I care about, and I, I give them time, and and it, and it seems so weird because it's like you know if you came to me and needed twenty bucks, I'll give you the twenty dollars. You know. Sure. Yeah. And here you have to steal from me, you, you know, I'm going to catch it. So what, what, is, what is the point of doing such this thing, you know? I, 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 it's that same feeling, I can imagine how painful that is. And that brings me to my last point about today. And it's, it's about friends. Okay. It, it's important to have different friends in life, everybody. You know, some of the friends that you have, you can talk about politics. Anthony, maybe we could be friends with Ben a little bit, but it's always good to have that person support you. Some of the friends you can talk about social relationships. Some friends you can talk about when things go up in your area that you specialize in. Some of the friends you need to talk to when things go down. But sometimes you need somebody who's more than a friend, and that's a therapist. And so I'm just saying, because you don't want to burden your friends with all your problems. You don't want to burden people who they are all the time. And you want an honest opinion. So if you're going through a difficult situation, there's absolutely nothing wrong with seeing a therapist and talking about your issues and getting to a solution that's best for you. I really want to recommend it. It's not about strength by not going to therapy. It's about being strong going to therapists. Understand that there might be a different path ahead. I want to wish you all a great week. All the best. God bless. And stay happy and healthy. Thank you.